Well, today we're wrapping up Greater Reward. We've talked about this for a couple of weeks now. If you're just now joining us, it's really about what it means to, to set our sights on what it is that we really desire to have happen with our life and how do we actually get there? How do we actually achieve that? We started by talking about the joy of discipline. And as we talked about this joy of discipline, that, that one of the things we looked at was that it desires won't get you to what you desire. It's not enough to just desire something. It's discipline is, is what's going to have to happen. It's discipline is going to be required in order to get the life that, that you desire. That last week, we looked at this idea of change the way that you think. That we can't just keep on thinking the same things. And so we've got to change the way we think. And we've got to stop thinking that, that trying will get me what it is that I desire. Because trying won't. It's training that will get you what you desire. That You have to have this mindset of training. That we looked at the difference between trying and training. That, that, that trying, it, it, it attempts change. But, but training, it actually achieves change. That when it comes to, to trying, trying safeguards failure. Well, I might not finish, I might not do it, I might not get there, but I'm, at least I'm gonna try. It safeguards failure. But, but training, it safeguards focus. Today, what we're gonna talk about is we're gonna talk about from so-so to so-so. And so for our, our audio listeners, people might be listening on just a podcast. And, and so we're talking about from S-O-S-O to S-O-W-S-O-W. And so what is it like to just live a life that, that's so-so that we're like, well, I don't want to live a so-so life, but, but I, I want to live a different life. And so we've got to get to this so-so mentality. I, I don't know about you, but, but when I was growing up, when I was young, growing up, and even into my early adulthood, I would be able to look at people that, that we would define as successful, and, and I would look at them and I would think they had opportunity that I never had. I mean, that, that's just, you know, I, I would look at them and go, um, yeah, it, it must be nice to be living off daddy's money. I mean, I mean, that's just what I would do. Maybe you had some of the same thoughts. I don't know about you, but, but it's just so easy. It was so easy for me to think like this, that I, I could just look at where people lived. I could look at what they drive. I could look at what their job title was, especially if it starts with a C, right? CEO, CFO, COO, CTO, whatever. We look at that and we're going, it must be nice. Okay? And, and, and so we think that, that they had somebody that got them there, or it's like, man, they just got really lucky. And, and this is what I thought. And, and I thought this in my early adulthood years and, until something happened to me. And what happened to me was, this was about 2007, 2008. And so Cheryl and I, she's a school teacher. She's making in the mid 40s and I'm pastoring Crosspoint and I'm making in the low 40s. And, but yet we had started, I had started a business right out of college. And for the first five years, that we just were committed. We would not take anything from this business. We just wanted it, everything we were making. We just wanted to grow the business. In fact, for, for the first three years, we just worked nights and weekends, my business partner and I. And it was just the two of us and we would. And, and I, was, I was working in a church on Sundays. And so it was just still nights and weekends through all of that. And then just pouring ourselves into this thing. And about three years into our business, my business partner said, hey, Will, um, I, I, I really think that I need to quit my day job and I've done some number crunching, and, and it's a, a pay cut, but, but if the business would be willing to pay me this, then, then, then I'd, I'm willing to come in and give it full-time effort to see where we can really go with this thing. 
And so we were like, yeah, absolutely, let's do this. And so that was at the three-year mark. And, and so you, you fast forward, and, and 2007, 2008, we're 14, 15 years old as a company. And at that five-year mark, we started making a little something. And at about the 12-year mark, we just started making money that I never thought that we'd be seeing from this thing. And, and, and so when we first started, made, started seeing this money come in, after we got rid of our, all of our bad debts, th- then I got to the point where I was like, we just need to start investing. And, and, and we were, we were investing. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, let's, let's enjoy some of this. We're going to keep investing, but let's enjoy some of it. And, and so the water's always been near and dear to my heart. It's my happy place, okay? In fact, um, if you see me shaking a little bit up here right now, I, I, I sold our boat about two weeks ago, and so I might be going through some withdrawals, okay? Um, but, but, but we had a boat then, and... Um, and we were out there on a Friday. Cheryl's a school teacher. It was during the summer, and Friday's my day off here. We were out on the water on a Friday, hardly anybody out there. And, and we were just changing riders and just, just floating. And there was a fisherman in his John boat. And, and, and he looks at our boat, and he looks at his, and he's like, how much one of them there things go for, you know? And, uh, and so I gave him an idea about what we spent on this boat, and he goes, must be nice to have your life. And it hit me. I didn't take that and receive that as a compliment. I'm not sure he meant it that way. If he did, I completely missed that. I took it as, you got daddy's money. That's how I took it. And my pride, my pride was hurt because my pride wanted recognition for what I had done and the labor of what I had done to be able to afford what we were affording. And I didn't get any of that in that moment. But I just think that that's something, if we're not careful... Well, that's what we do. We look at people that are successful or just more successful than we are. And we go, well, it must be nice. It must be nice to have your opportunity. It must be nice to have, have your connections. And, and we just think about them. And, and we don't recognize so many times that, that the people who break out of middle class or the people that break out of lower class or the people that break out of poverty, that, that they're people that they actually did something and they put a focus with their life to do and achieve where they got themselves. And we don't give them the recognition. But you know, it's not just true when it comes to money. That, that we look at people that they, they might be successful and we look at them and we, we look at their family and we look at, not, not the social media family, I mean like their real family, right? But that we look at their real family and we're like watching it all and we're like going, man, must be nice to have your family, must be nice to have that. We, we look at people that, that they're successful when it comes to a, a music career, or they're successful when it comes to an athletic career, they're professionals, and, and we watch that and we go, well, it must be nice to have that magic gene that got you there. And, and we don't take the time to, to, to consider all the sacrifices that they made, everything that they gave up, all the hard work that they poured into getting to where they were. And so we, we can default back to, well, it just must be nice. It must be nice to be handed things. It must be nice to, to have that, that silver spoon and just be things that are just handed to you. But I don't think that most people that live with success, that that's how they got their success, of it just being handed to them. I'm sure there's a few. But the majority of people that when we look at them and we go, wow, look, look at the success that they have. Look, look at the successful marriage that they have. Look, look at their faith and how strong it is. Whatever it is that, that we're looking at and watching and observing for them. There, there, there wasn't a, a magic wand. There, there, there wasn't this uh, magic bullet. 
That, that, that there wasn't this, oh, they just accidentally got to this success. That for them, for most people that end up experiencing success at whatever level of success you're talking about, wherever it is you're looking and, and measuring and evaluating, that they all have one thing in common. And that one thing that they have in common is the persistency of consistency. It's the persistency of consistency. That they are persistent, they are relentless, and they stay consistent no matter what. And that they push hard and they push through to get to where they are. But yet what happens is it's often overlooked by onlookers that it was this persistency of consistency that got them to where they are. There's a pastor, his name's Craig Rochelle. And he says, successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. And isn't that what we do sometimes? We're like, we, we identify something that we want to do, that we want to achieve, that we want to be. And so we uh, go, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it a little bit of a shot. I'm gonna try. And, and, and we do. And, and so we'll give it a, a few occasions and, and then we don't see the results. And so then we end up just giving up. The, the, the people, they don't just accidentally have a great marriage. The people don't just accidentally pay off a bunch of debt. People don't accidentally have 10% body fat. That these things aren't things that happen by accident. People don't accidentally have a dynamic, growing relationship with their heavenly father. These don't happen by accident. They happen because people are very intentional. They're persistent and they are consistent, that, that people with a great marriage, that they have a great marriage because they've said, hey, I'm going to protect this relationship. I'm going to make this relationship a priority, that I'm going to make sure that I don't give my best and, and, and all of my effort and all of my energy to my workplace, that I'm not going to just go, hey, I'm going to work and I'm going to give my time to my kids and I got nothing left over for you, honey. I'm sorry. You know, they're going, I'm protecting that I'm gonna have some time and I'm gonna have some energy, that, that we're gonna mark the calendar and make sure that we've got time set aside for us. And we're gonna make sure that the time that we do set aside for us is time where we still have good energies, time where we're going, hey, this is gonna be prime time for us to be spending together. That, that when we look at people that, that they've gotten to a place financially that, that they didn't accidentally just pay off debt, that, that what they did was they said, hey, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna live on less. I'm gonna live on less than, than what it is that I make. And as I'm, as I'm living on less, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna invest and, and I'm gonna learn to live on less. I, I'm, I'm going to invest and, and I'm gonna watch this begin to grow and, and let my money go to work that, that they are very intentional about what they're doing. Be, people that, that are extremely healthy or, are very fit. Again, it doesn't happen on accident. That they're very intentional about what it is that they allow to go into their body. They're very intentional about their routines that they're spending with, with at the gym or, or whatever exercise that they're doing. That the people have a great relationship with their Heavenly Father, a growing relationship. It doesn't happen by accident. They're going, hey, I, I'm going to make sure that I've got a time. I've, 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 got, I've, got, a, I've got a spot. And, and, and I've got this routine that I'm going to be using to be spending time alone 
with God. That, that, that they do this and they protect it. And it's these habits that they've created that allows them to get to where they are. It's this persistency of consistency is how they get to where they are. I, I don't know, has, has anybody besides me ever started a statement or had a thought that started with this? Well, I intended to, right? The, 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 we, we've got these intentions, but intentions won't give us the desires that we crave. That, that it's not enough to just intend to and go, well, I, I, I intended to do that or I intend to get around to it, that it takes so much more than just a good intention. That when you keep doing what you've always been doing, you're gonna keep getting what you've always gotten. And so if you want something different, if you want what it is that you begin to identify as a desire, if, you, if that's what you, what are you going to be willing to do to work to make that desire a reality? That the life we want in our home life, that the life that we want in our work life, that the life that we want with our health life, with our fitness life, the life that we want with our faith life, that the life that we want, it won't happen just because a few lucky things happen to us. It's going to take a persistency of consistency in order for us to get the life that we want. It's this constant, consistent choice that, that we stay with it persistently. And as we stay with it persistently, that, that over time, that, that we're going to begin to get traction. And, and, and after we begin to, to get some solid traction, that then we're going to begin to see the progress, the progress that we desire. That it's the little things in life that are done privately. The, the, the little things that, that nobody's able to see, all the little things, all the hard work, all the discipline, all the sacrifices, all the things we give up. It's the little things that are done privately that brings the big results that happen to be on public display. The, the, the things that the others get to watch, that they get to see and they get to go, oh, look at what you've got, look at what you've done, look at what you've accomplished that they don't see these little things, that we just keep staying persistent and we're consistent in working toward what we desire. To the challenge that we all face is that once we know what we desire and we're willing to even put some effort into it, that when we put this effort in, that, that we do these little consistent things, they don't bring fast results. And, and it's why that, that, that we end up going on a diet and eight days later we give up because we didn't see any change. It wasn't worth it because I, I, I tried. That, that, that it, it's hard for us because we're just not seeing the results fast enough. And so we, we end up giving up. We don't see the change and we get frustrated. And as we get frustrated, we, we get discouraged. And as we get discouraged, I'm switching. And as we get discouraged, what do we end up doing? We quit. We quit trying. We, we, we just give up because we, we tried for a while and we didn't see the results that we were after. We think, I, I should see results within two weeks. I should see results within two months. I should see the results within two years. We end up giving up because we just don't see them fast enough. Listen, I want to look at a passage of scripture with you guys. 
And this passage of scripture, it's going gonna, it's gonna to share with us a, a principle. A principle that if we were to apply this principle, we were to stick by this principle, we were to live by this principle, we would trust this principle. And we would begin to focus it with where it, what it is that we desire, that, that we would begin to see the results that we really do desire. Now, the Apostle Paul is writing this. He's writing this with the intention of us learning about how to grow spiritual walk with our, with our Heavenly Father. But, but maybe you're not even God and, and you're just not there yet. You could take this same principle and apply it to anywhere in your life and you'll begin to see that you can get amazing results. So let's look at this together. It's in Galatians chapter six. We'll start in verse seven. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. That's, that's what we're going to reap. We're going to get whatever it is that we scatter, whatever it is that we're planting, that that's what we're going to reap. Verse eight, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. To those things that we're going, hey, I really want that right now and it's going to feel good right now and, and so we do it right now. That we can do that, but in the end, we're going to be regretting it and we're going to be going, I, I, I can't believe I did that. Why am I feeling it? it? And we're going to be disappointed because of what we chose to do. He says, whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. That, that, that if we're sowing things, that, that we're going to be growing in the Spirit of God, that, that we're going to reap eternal life. And so he says, verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you might want to mark that, not instantly, not next week, not next month, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. If we do not, what are those two words? Give up. If we do not give up. And so I just want us to spend some time today looking at the law of sowing and reaping. And this might be something that you're familiar with and you know about and you're like, oh, okay, I got that, I already knew that. But, but maybe this is something that, that you've never looked at, that you've never seen. And, and, and this law, it really does, it, it's something we can't change. This is how things are going to be. It's, it's, it's non-negotiable. And so let's look at this together. The, the first profound is it? <laughs> it's like, duh, of, of course you reap what you sow. We, we, we look at that, we're like going, yeah, we, we, we know that. We know that's how it works. In fact, that we can come over here and, and when we end up taking and, and we plant, when we plant these green bean seeds, we're going to get green beans, right? That, that when we plant sweet corn seeds, we're going to get sweet corn. And when we plant the seeds that might be the most despised, Watermelon seeds, especially you watermelon eaters, probably can't stand these things. But what are we going to get? We're going to get watermelon. And, and we look at that, and we're like going, Will, you're wasting my time. You're not helping me because I already know all of this. But here's what a lot of us fail to do. We fail to look at the things that we desire to see happen for ourselves in our lives as these little seeds that we've got to plant. And that if you want to have a great marriage, you're going to have to plant seeds to get a great marriage. That, 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 that if you want to have 
great health, you're going to have to plant some seeds to be at the best health that you can be. That, that, that if what you want is you want some financial freedom, that you're going to have to plant the seeds to be able to have the financial freedom. If you want the, the great relationship with your kids, you're going to have to plant the seeds to do this. Because what we know from the law of sowing and reaping is that you do, you reap what you sow. That what we take the time to be able to plant, that is what we will reap. The prophet Hosea, he wrote in Hosea chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, he said, sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. But then he said this, but you have planted wickedness and you have reaped evil and you have eaten the fruit of deception. You know, what I think happens way too often is that we, we, we blame God for punishing us because we've reaped what we've sown. That, that we do, we, we, end up, we end up blaming him. We, we sowed these seeds and, and you're going to reap what you sow and, and then we don't understand what, why is this happening to me? And we do, we end up blaming God. If you don't like what you are reaping, change what you are planting. It's that simple. It's taking an inventory. What is the harvest of your life? You don't like that. Then change what you are planting. So the law of sowing and reaping, you reap what you sow. The second part of this is you reap more. When we plant these seeds, they multiply. And so, so we, we, we know this. In fact, Jesus actually shared the, the parable of the sower. And, and he actually talked about this. So we can look at this together in Matthew 13. We'll start in verse three. That a farmer went out to sow his seeds. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. And some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. That multiplies. Now, now Jesus was using this parable to really teach a truth about what the word of God does when it gets planted in, in, in the human heart. And, and, and he was trying to really drive this point home. And, and so as he was saying this, people just weren't understanding, including his own disciples. And so we look at this in verse 23, and Jesus is answering his disciples are saying, we don't understand. He says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Yes, seeds multiply. So what seeds are you sowing? As you just kind of think about your life, what is it that you're doing? What seeds are you sowing? Because if you sow the seed of, of gratitude, 
And that you just constantly just, just, just throwing that seed down and just being so grateful and having great outlook at life and you're just grateful for what you have. What you're going to end up reaping with life is you're going to reap appreciation. That that's gonna happen. But, but if what you end up doing, what you sow, if you end up sowing blame, that that's what you do. You just look at life and see what's happening and you just keep throwing and scattering these seeds of blame. Blaming others, blaming God. Let me tell you what you're gonna reap. You're gonna reap bitterness. That, that's what's gonna grow up. That's what takes root and that's what grows. That, that we've gotta be intentional about the seeds that we are planting, the seeds that, that we are scattering. Because you do reap what you sow and you do reap more than you sow. And that should be a, a lot of caution to us when we think about what it is that we are sowing. That think of sowing as investing with a guaranteed return. That, that, that you're going to get what you sow and you're going to get more of what you sow. And so the law of reaping and sowing, there's three parts. So you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow. And the third part is that you reap later than you sow. And this is what a lot of us lose sight of. That we think in terms of, hey, I'm planting some good seed and we're wanting that seed to grow much more quickly. That you plant in one season, but you don't harvest until another season or two seasons later. So you reap later than you sow. Listen, there's a book that I've read that is just a phenomenal book. It's not a Christian book but you can certainly grow in your Christian faith and apply these things from this book into your faith. But you can apply it to so many other things as well. And this book is called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And it's all about getting this jump start on your life. How is it that you could get this jump start? And listen, the younger you are, the more important it is that you would read a book like this. Because it just really does show what, what happens when we make some, some powerful choices that don't seem very powerful in the moment. In fact, Darren, in this book, he actually just reveals a, a formula. And this formula that he reveals, he says, if you'll end up having this, this idea of having some small choices, this is the compound effect. And if you'll go, hey, if you'll take and put some small choices, but not just small choices, smart choices. And, and if you'll have these small choices, these smart choices, and you'll put them consistency with it, just add consistency to this, and then you add time, what you're going to get is you're going to get a radical difference. It's radical, but it's, it's, it's just small choices. And they are smart choices. And you're consistent with these choices. And then you let enough time pass, keeping all of this going, there's going to be a radical difference. That, that in this book, Darren actually writes about three friends. Three friends that, that they all grew up going to school together. They, they all had similar upbringings and, and they have similar adult lives with their married and they've got some kids, they've got a career and they've got a home. And, and, and so, so much similarities with all of them. They're all making about the same amount of money and, 
And just everything about them is just so similar. And with these three guys, you take the first guy. The first guy's name's Larry. And Larry, he's just kind of um, happy-go-lucky. I mean, on one hand, he's not really overly happy with his life, but he doesn't see the, the possibility of anything changing and getting better. And so he just keeps on keeping on. And then he talks about Scott. And Scott's somebody that he, he kind of catches this vision for a future for his life. And he, he starts thinking, you know what? I, I want something different for my life. But he actually believes that he can actually get something different from his life. And so what does he do? Well, Scott starts making some, some very small, smart choices. Scott decides, you know what, I, I really just don't feel any closer to God than, than what I felt when I was a teenager. Not, nothing's really grown. In fact, if anything, I think I've grown farther apart from God. And he's decided, you know what, I, I'm going to spend time in God's Word every day. Discovers this thing called a version app. And he's got devotional plans on it. And he just commits, I, I'm going to get in a devotion, do, read a devotion every day. That he doesn't just do that, though. He decides, you know what, I, I'm going to start using my commute time more productively. So instead of listening to the music from his teenage years, he decides, I, I'm, I'm going to let myself be mentored by people that I've never even met. I, I'm, I'm going to listen to some things that, so I can have a better marriage. I want help with that. I'm going to listen to some things about leadership so that I can grow in that area of my life. I'm going to listen to some things about a faith that's going to grow and and understanding God better. And so he just takes it, he lets his drive time, his commute time. It's just about 17 minutes a day, but but he just lets that time be time that's intentional. That one of the things that he decides to do, Scott decides, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be reading blogs. I, I want to read just something. And, and at the end of every night, he wants to finish by reading 10 pages of something that's going to be inspiring, that's going to be encouraging, that's going to be helpful. Well, he ends up coming across something from Dr. Oz. And, and Dr. Oz had identified that if, if you would just cut out 125 calories out of your diet, that, that over time, it really would make a difference. No, no real big change. And so maybe you say, stop eating such a sugary cereal for breakfast or you stop drinking the sweet tea and, and you use some artificial sweetener. Just make some small little changes. Cut out 125 calories. And he does this. But then there's Brad. And, and, and Brad, he, he's at the point where he's going, I'm not, I'm not happy with my life either. I'm not really liking where it's going. I'm just not happy. And so he decides that that he was going to try to finance some happiness. So he goes out and he finances a, a new big screen TV. And he goes and he sets it up in his house and he's like, oh, I, I'm going to be able to watch some more sports now. This is so much more enjoyable. Matter of fact, I, I think I'm going to binge watch a little more too now that I've got this thing. In fact, he's been watching it for a little while and he decides, you know, that's a great place to put a bar so he does. He puts a bar in his TV room. And he's like, uh, but I'm only going to use it on the weekends. And so that's what he does. And so you got these three guys. And if you fast forward five months, there's no perceptible change. No perceptible difference. No, no, nothing that you can see, nothing measurable. No, nothing seems different at all about any of them. 
fast, you, you, you can fast forward 10 months and, and you would almost have to look through a microscope, a magnifying glass in order to be able to see any perceptible change about anything with any of their lives. It, it, it just still seems like for the most part that they're, they're all very similar to where, where they've been. But by the time you get to the 18th month, now there is visible differences between the three. That there, there, there's differences in their actions and their attitudes. And, and it's just as, as obvious to, to everybody else. They're, they're starting to see this. It's, it's small, but, but they're seeing it. When you fast forward to 25 months, that at the, at the 25 month mark, it, it's, it's pretty significant. And when you jump all the way to 31 months, there's just a seismic shift, massive differences between these three guys' lives. But, but it, it took Scott saying, I'm going to make some, some small choices some smart choices. It doesn't seem like it's anything radical. It doesn't seem like I'm being a hero or anything. Just small, simple. I'm going to do, it's going to be consistent and I'm going to let time, I'm going to let time be my friend. And he does. And so what, what happens with him is that what you get to see happen in his life is that 31 months is 940 days. It's been 940 days in his life. And when you look at 940 days and you multiply that, by 125 calories a day, that what he has saved is he has saved 117,500 calories. He'd even gotten to the point where he said, I'm just gonna take an extra 2,000 steps a day at the end of my work day. And I'm just, I'm just gonna be consistent with this. You get to see this, you get to see this unfold. And so when you take these 117,500 calories and, and, and you divide that by 3,500 calories, which is what a pound would be, that Scott lost 33 and a half pounds over 31 months. Larry, I, not, nothing's, I, everything's pretty much the same with him. But then there's Brad. And Brad gained 3,500 calories a week. And so he had gained 33 and a half pounds. That over 31 months, there was a 67 pound difference between Brad and Scott. But it wasn't the only difference. That, that Larry's family life was thriving. That, not Larry, I'm sorry, Scott. Scott's, Scott's family life was, was thriving. That Scott, that, that for him, his, his faith was thriving. That he actually got a promotion at work because he was applying some of the things that he was learning. It was the compound effect. It was becoming intentional about what he sows. He went and he said, I, I'm tired of living a so-so life. So he started changing what he was sowing. And he changed what he was sowing. He actually changed his life by making these small choices that were smart choices, doing it consistently and allowing time to do what time would do. Let me take you back to Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Stop trying. Start training. 
that, that don't give up. It's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference. That, that's not what's going to make the difference for us. It's what we do consistently that makes a difference. And that we can experience the change we desire. If we'll make small choices, smart choices, this persistency with consistency, and we give it the time. We don't give up because we didn't see results in five months. We don't give up because we didn't see results in 10 months. We keep on keeping on. So we, we have the knowledge. But as we learned in a previous series, knowledge isn't power anymore. It's applied knowledge. It's, it's doing something with it that until we do something with that knowledge, it won't do us any good. And so if you want the greater reward, then you're gonna have to do what is required for the greater reward. Give up what you want now because you're gonna sacrifice what you want now for what you really, really want. Pray with me. God, you know each of our hearts. You know where it is inside of us that we can look and go, that I'm not seeing a greater reward in this area of my life, but yet I, I desire it. God, I pray that we would be open to the conviction that you would give us for the most important thing or things that we should be focused on. That that would be the greater reward that we would pursue, that we would seek. And God, give us this desire that, that grows to persistency of consistency so that we would make these small choices, these smart choices, that we would be consistent and we would let time bring us to a place where we get this radical difference that we really desire. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.